talking about something thank you for joining me today 100 richard and uh we're here so um make sure to check us out uh, obviously hopefully you're watching on youtube or if you're not watching on t- youtube you're watching on uh, or you're listening on uh, uh apple Podcasts and spotify and iHeartRadio and pandora and all of the places that audio podcasts are available i am probably there so hopefully you're hanging out with me. I'm glad to see you guys or hear from you guys. And uh, make sure to uh, hit the like, subscribe, and ring the bell so that you know when I'm coming up next. <laughs> so I hope you guys have had a good week. I hope you guys enjoyed the last one. And uh, today I'm kind of curious. I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. Actually, I do. I have a bunch of notes right here just underneath the camera angle. <laughs> so, but I got five things. I, I have a scripture here. And... I pulled five things out of it and added a couple of other scriptures. And um, I thought this was kind of interesting um, because how do you keep yourself going? You know, it kind of reminds me of football. You know, um, the coaches, you know, d- desire. You got to have desire. Desire. You have to have desire to do things. You have to You have to be really ready to win. You have to go after it, go after it, you know, hoopla, ha, rah, rah stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to break this thing down. And uh, I'm not a big fan of the raw, 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 kick them in the knee, you know, um, hype sessions. You know, I, I think they're good. There's, I have nothing against them. I just like, okay, I just want to go do my thing, get my thing done, do it right, and be finished with whatever that is, you know. So that's just the way I think. But when, when you pop into verses like this, it kind of makes me go back in time to those football days and things like that. So, and since football's starting, why not? <laughs> so Raiders won by the skin of their teeth. Just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> Monday Night Football was a great day. All right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives a prize? Run, run in such a way that you may obtain it, that everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. No, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we, we, we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I find I, I, I myself should become disqualified. So here's the five things. One, desire. Run to win. You know, the race with God is, the finish line is death. (laughs) Physical death, not spiritual death. But the race with God, you are in a continuous run. You're in a continuous motion. You are in continuously doing something for him. No matter what you do in life, God will talk to you and tell you to do stuff all the time. A desire to have a close relationship with Jesus. A desire that is so great that nothing and nobody can tear it away from you. Such a desire for God should compel us to run with him, with all of our might and strength, to not settle for the ordinary, but to excel to the extraordinary. You know, whenever we take our ordinary and attach it to God, we become extraordinary people. And and that's that's really what the race is. The race is running with others. The race is 
it's not I'm going to beat you down race. It's I'm going to run with you to meet the mark, and I'm going to run with God in that process to meet the mark that God wants me to be in. So I have to have the desire to want to win that race and come out on top for the crown that he has for me. Number two, discipline. Discipline is the fuel for success. Paul says he disciplines his body to bring it into subjection. He teaches it to do things it's not normally capable of. You have to, you know, God will intervene in places that you don't know how to do things. And he will show you, tell you, teach you, and you have to learn to discipline your body. You have to learn to discipline your hearing. You have to learn to discipline your mind and your heart in order to grab hold of the thing that God wants you to do. (laughs) You have to discipline yourself with the word of God, study the Bible so that you know when you hear God's voice, it is actually God's voice. And your body will do things that it's not normally capable of. A disciplined believer is someone who takes the time to train his or her heart to know the word of God and to be able to live the word because he has disciplined himself in that manner. If you've not taken your body to its limits prior to the game, you won't make it through the game. Now, I remember, you know, we had to show up. I played high school football, so I had to show up for Hell Week which was basically two weeks prior, you you ran a whole lot. You, people threw up. This was the old days. Water was a gift. It wasn't a necessity. <laughs> this was, like I say, this was the old days, you know. And so we ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And then we slowly added gear as we ran. So we got heavier and heavier as we did that. And we disciplined our bodies to be able to make it through four quarters of football, which means you have to have a commitment. That's number three. We want for the long term. Commitment is a dying quality in today's world. The things get, when things get tough, we find something else to do. <laughs> oh, I can't handle this. I'm just go do something else. I quit. Right? Or when we get into a tough place, we blame somebody else. It's never our fault anymore. Nothing we do is ever our fault. It, it's, it's really crazy. I, I watch my kids. Oh, so my, not my kids, my grandkids. I have three grandkids that live with me. And like just, just recently, my, my, one of my granddaughters wrote her name on the table and then immediately said it was somebody else. <laughs> they, you immediately blame somebody else. It's never our fault anymore. <laughs> Where the reality lies is that we are truly committed to something. When we are truly committed to something, we will press towards the goal that we have set for ourselves. And if Christ... And living a Christ life is that goal. We should be pressing towards that goal every day of every moment, committed to his return. Commitment is saying, I am going to do this no matter what. If I'm afraid, I'm going to do it anyway. If it scares me, I'm going to jump at it. And that's when, when God tells you to step into something, you have to be able to say, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be committed to that thing. I'm going to do it 100% to the best of my ability, to the top of my ability, every single time I need to do it. This is what it says in Philippians chapter 3, just to add to this, uh, verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on. I have to press on towards the goal that I may lay hold of what, uh, that I may hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal, Paul says, for the prize of the upward call of God and Jesus Christ. For the prize of the upward call. I have to be committed to that thing. And in order to be committed, I'm going to have to sacrifice some stuff. So number four, sacrifice. Got to pay a price. And if you ever played sports, any kind of sports, my I had a daughter who played volleyball, and she sacrificed her body. She was she was the libero, so she was in the game all the time, constantly hitting that first hit, trying to get to it, doing everything she possibly can, throwing herself on the floor. And you know, football players they they're in the dirt, they're in the grass, they're beat up, they beat themselves up, they beat themselves up before they go beat other people up in the actual games. There's a sacrifice that's involved, and it usually has something to do with your body if you play sports. <laughs> So what's the sacrifice we have for our walk with God? Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which we easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Set aside the stuff that causes you problems in life. You might have to get rid of some habits. You might have to get rid of Come on, you might have to get rid of some habits. You might have to get rid of some friends. You might have to get rid of some family. You know, that's just the way things work. And we, we, we have, or, you know, learn to communicate within the family. <laughs> I've had to do that. There's no off season for a Christian. Christians 24-7, 48 hour, 24-7, whatever that statement is. <laughs> There's no off season. The, 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 for a Christian that has a true desire for God, they discipline their heart. You have to discipline your heart and mind for the battles ahead and being committed in the faith that not everybody understands. See, people go, well, Christians must be perfect. <laughs> We're the least perfect. We're the hardest. We have the hardest heads. We want to do everything. And I know Christians that are, that they want to do stuff and they're like, I got grace so I can do this. And, and we're probably the worst examples of Christianity in a lot of cases, but really it's, it's, can you hold on? Can you do? Can you move forward? Can you do great things? Yes, you can. In the process, we will stop doing other things that we desired in the past because we have taken up a cause to further the kingdom of God and be a part of something more awesome than anything else that is available to all people today. You know, Christianity is not just, I receive Jesus and I go to heaven and I can do whatever I want. That's what people think it is. Some people think that's what it is. But really, Christianity is this. I received Jesus. I get to go to heaven. Now I want to study his word, and I want to do everything I can to live according to that. Everything I can. I want a spirit-empowered life. I want to know the Holy Ghost. I want to know these things. I want to, I want to know what God has for me to do. And I want to excel in the things that God has for me to do. I want to run to win the race. Number five, character. All that comes to this. Are you the example Wow. <laughs> how do I join the winning team? Well, you have to have character. How come the pastor won't let me do this or that? What are you doing with your life? This is Philippians chapter 3, 17 through 21. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern for many walk, for whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, 
who let their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Character is the element that integrates desire, discipline, commitment, and sacrifice together. It is the glue that holds them together. If you have character, you are exuding the other traits by the way we are. Character is what people see when you think you are all alone or a person looking into the conversation from the outside. When you are with a group, character is the reflection of what you believe and are a part of in your life. These are the things that make a Christian. You can be just one or two of these things and you will get along in life but if you are all five then you are on your way right on right on